Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Now, I'm going to have you open your Bibles tonight to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now, when Pastor had us do that uh, uh, responsive reading this morning, I thought, man, maybe tonight I'll just have us turn to Leviticus and we'll just read through Leviticus (laughs) responsively. But then I decided, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. The Lord's given me a message from 1 Thessalonians. And uh, this is the first time I preached this message, so I don't know how it's going to go. But uh, I I try not to repeat myself. I haven't ever preached a message that I really liked after I preached it, so I try to come up with something different. And uh, but anyway, tonight we're going to be reading in First Thessalonians chapter three. And with your permission, uh, I I think we could just do what we did this morning. And but I'd like for us to start in chapter two, if that's okay with you. If you'd stand with me, if you don't mind doing so tonight, if you're able to do that, we'll start in uh, First Thessalonians chapter two, verse seventeen. And then we'll just continue reading through uh, chapter 3. Let's just read the whole chapter 3. I didn't intend to go that far, but let's go ahead because I think it all fits together and uh, it'll be very helpful. So I'll read verse 17, you read verse uh, 18 and so on. Here we go. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Chapter 3. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timothy, our brother, and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. But now, when Timotheus came from you unto us, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, as we also to see you, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all of our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live, if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, 
at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to see what we could never see on our own so that we can do what we could never do on our own. Help us to see what you see so that we can do what you do. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. I usually give a title to my message, and uh, tonight the title is Send and Be Sent. I'm going to have a little mini missions conference tonight. Um, I can't think of two more important things a local church or an individual Christian can do in their life than to be involved in those two things, to send and or be sent, hopefully a little bit of both. Tonight I want to pay tribute to the Timothys in our life and the Timothys in your lives. Some of you are Timothys. Uh, we have a wonderful Paul leading us as a church, but many of us, we're just, we're just, we're just the Timothys. We're the ones who are sent when the need arises, and we're ready to go when God calls. Over the past four decades, Trish and I have had the opportunity to meet many Timothys. Some were co-workers, some we led to Christ, some we discipled and mentored. Uh, they are to us the true unsung heroes of the missionary movement, of which all of us are a part because you are a part of this wonderful missionary-minded church, Liberty Baptist Church. There's a lot of senders like Paul, and they're all needed, as, and we all are very much aware of that, and no one would ever underestimate the significance or importance of the apostles and the Pauls in our world, but too often we overlook the importance and the value and the, and the strategic necessity of the many Timothys that, that God has. The Bible says here in chapter 3, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, and this is what got me thinking about this particular message tonight. Uh, Paul writes, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. You know, both the Pauls and the Timothys of Christian missions are, are essential. Both are necessary. One cannot truly function without the other, uh, but together they accomplish the Great Commission. And if I've learned one thing about the Great Commission, it is that it's a team sport. And for the team to be able to win, we need both senders and sent ones. We need Pauls and we need Timothys. Um, verse 1, when I could no longer forbear, Paul says, Paul and Silas, remember they start out on the second missionary journey, of which there were at least three, some say four, some say even five, uh, but at least three missionary journeys. And, and uh, the second one began after the very important Jerusalem council that met in Acts chapter 15. And uh, right after that, they go back to uh, Paul and Barnabas, who are participants in that council, go back to their sending church in Antioch, 
And it was there that a dispute arose over whether John Mark should go with him on their next journey. And they decided uh, to split up. And uh, that's how I know they had to be Baptist. But anyway, they, 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 uh, they split up and, and, and uh, God gave to Paul uh, a Silas, thankfully. Thank, thankful. And, and of course, Barnabas goes on and takes John Mark. And there are many good things could be said about uh, this new arrangement that we won't go into tonight. But for the next three years or so, the Apostle Paul and Silas um, travel through many different cities uh, in Asia Minor and then eventually into what is now Europe, uh, Macedonia and, uh, and Greece. And they spend time in different cities such as Derby and Lystra. Remember, that's where they met Timothy. And we'll have more to say about Timothy in just a few moments. And, and of course, then they cross over into Macedonia and Greece, and they visit those influential towns and uh, tremendously significant stories that take place in Philippi and, and then now in uh, Thessalonica that we're looking at here. And once they are sort of get to have to uh, do an emergency withdrawal from Thessalonica, they go into Berea, and you remember that extraordinary passages. These were more noble. Uh, the, the Bereans were more noble because they received the word and uh, uh, with all diligence and, and so on. And so it's just a wonderful testimony of how God worked in, in that particular town. And then eventually they get over to Athens. And you remember that great story of Paul there on Mars Hill uh, in Athens and preaching to that crowd of uh, naysayers and and uh, all the different gods. And he says, let me tell you about this particular, the unknown God. And he preaches the gospel to them. Uh, he doesn't see a lot of fruit there in Athens, but eventually then he goes over to Corinth. And we all know the significance of Corinth. He wrote two very important letters. I encourage you to read those letters from time to time because they remind you uh, not only of the glory of the ministry, but of the challenges of the ministry as well. And, and so all of these cities were greatly impacted by the gospel ministry of, of this team of missionaries, Paul and Silas and, and then Timothy and uh, Dr. Luke and so on. Perhaps others were with them as well, at least uh, uh, in part of their journeys. Um, but all of them were involved in one, day, one way or another. Uh, they, they're, 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 the gospel influenced them because there was this group of, of like-minded Christians, such as we find here at Liberty Baptist Church tonight, who understood the significance of sending and being sent. They understood that both are vital, both are important. One doesn't work without the other. And, and, and so these cities were impacted because some were sending while others were sent. Now, the Apostle Paul says here in chapter 3 that he could no longer forbear. When he could no longer forbear, he says, we sent, that means he and perhaps Silas, sent Timothy back to Thessalonica. We read a little bit about what was going on in Thessalonica. There's much more that could be said. You go back to chapter 1 and read uh, into chapter 2, and you can see uh, not only how the gospel had advanced in a very powerful, Holy Spirit-directed way in that particular city, but how the Apostle Paul and his team had behaved themselves as he talks about that in chapter 2. And I'll leave you to read those portions of Scripture for yourself. Uh, but it's easy to understand if you go back to Acts chapter 17, which we'll not do tonight for lack of time, but if you go back to Acts chapter 17, you can read the story of how they had to 
quickly one night withdraw Paul and Silas because uh, the people that they were working with and, and those who had responded to the gospel uh, were being challenged by the local authorities and by the, the, the people who opposed the preaching of the gospel. And their argument, argument essentially was, is that uh, Paul was preaching that there is a new king in town trying to usurp uh, the Roman emperor. And, and I found that f quite interesting because a lot of these guys that were uh, putting forth that argument were Jewish people. And I don't think the Jews in those days especially loved the, the Roman emperor for many uh, important reasons. But, but here, there you go. There's a, there's a lot of things that happen in our world today that nobody can really understand. A lot of contradictions going on uh, uh, even today. And they certainly were happening there. So anyway, Paul has to leave rather quickly. He had only been there for several weeks preaching to that group of people. The gospel was working power and of course, you understand that in those days, they didn't have the means of communication that fortunately we have today. One of the things that we're able to continue to do, even though we're not in mainland China, is uh, we, can, we can actually see the faces and, and hear the voices of our brethren uh, in those places. And we're thankful for that, even if the authorities are listening to some of the conversations. We don't care. Um, but uh, but uh, anyway, God, it, things have changed so dramatically over the centuries, and we're thankful for many of the things that have changed. Um, Paul was concerned because the time he had spent with that group of people it's almost unbelievable to imagine that in just a few short weeks they were able to establish a gospel beachhead in that city of Thessalonica. And I, don't, I think it's going to be eternity before we understand exactly how all of that uh, uh, played out there. But it's going to be interesting. And one of the things I want to do around the eternal campfires that we're going to have in, in heaven, I know that they're going to be campfires after moving to Washington because we have campfire. Anyway, uh, but the, one of the questions I'm going to have is, Paul, how, did, how in the world did that group of people respond so quickly? How were you able to actually see a group gathered together so quickly in just a few short weeks? Typically in our ministry, we measure things in years. When we went to Hong Kong and began church planning back in the early 80s, and we began our first church at Butterfly Bay in 1985, and we didn't know how long at the time it was going to take, but it ended up taking about five years to really get the church firmly established. And, and by that time we were ready to start a second and we moved over to Ginsong and started that and it was another five years or so and then we uh, were, were moving over to Gafuk to start Gafuk and of course that's when the Lord called us to uh, mainland China and so on. But it was about a five year process but the here was like three weeks and you're saying how in the world? But obviously when you read 1 Thessalonians one of the important messages that comes out of this epistle is that Paul was deeply concerned about these Christians because he knew there were many things happening in that city uh, that could uh, uh, perhaps displace the, the planted seed of the gospel in their hearts. And he was deeply concerned. And that's one of the reasons why he wanted to send someone. And Timothy was the man. Missions is about sending and being sent. Both are necessary. One cannot function without the other. But together they accomplish the Great Commission. So the good news is that when Paul could not go, he had a Timothy who could. Thank God when we left Hong Kong in 1996, a long, long story of why all of that happened, why we moved into the mainland. 
Uh, but the Lord was leading us to do that. And thank God when we left Hong Kong, there were Timothys in place to carry on the work. Uh, when we left Hainan in 2004 and returned back here to work at Liberty in 2005, uh, thank God there in the city of Haiko, there were Timothys uh, that were ready uh, to be sent and, and carry on the work. When we left Kunming on February 6, 2020, thinking we would be gone for a month, that was two, uh, I don't know, 820 days ago. Uh, haven't been able to get back into mainland China in, yet, and we don't know exactly when we may be able to go back. Uh, if we do, it'll just be for a visit and, and to uh, see what's happening there. But uh, thank God that there were people left in place. Uh, in fact, uh, today in the city of Haikou, the single church that we started now has three or four churches there. And the single church that was planted in Kunming now has two churches. And so the Timothys are doing their thing. And we can thank God. Missions is about sending and it's about being sent. Now, I wanted to talk for a little bit tonight. It's kind of a, a practical message. In fact, I'm looking for a clock. Is there a clock someplace that I need to pay attention to? Where is it? He's pointing to it. Oh, that red thing up there. All right. What time do we end, Pastor? Really? Just tell me. That's all right. You want to hurt my feelings. Okay, in other words, I should be already finished. But anyway, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I apologize for that. I, I, it's kind of a glare on my, anyway. There, there, there's some things that I want to say to you about, about Timothy and how God prepares a Timothy. Um, because Timothys don't just come out of the woodwork necessarily. Uh, they, don't, they, they don't appear out of thin air. Timothys happen because God, God is at work in the Paul's. Uh, to prepare the Timothys uh, so that when Paul needs to send a Timothy, they're ready to go. So there are several things that I thought about, and I appreciated so much Pastor's message this morning. Wasn't that a powerful message? My goodness, that was a pair. I said, honey, was driving over here this afternoon and said, honey, did you take notes? Did you get his outline? I said, man, I want to preach that sometime. That's such a good outline. And uh, just those thoughts, those 10 or 12 things that you shared with us, uh, tremendously powerful. I, I, I just want to commend you for your, your restraint when you got to climate change. You, you know, you really held back on that one. I, Sunday morning, you had to be careful to understand, but, but that, was, that was a powerful message, and I, I appreciate so much the enthusiasm Pastor uh, Ryan has uh, as he leads and pastors and preaches. But there's four things I want to talk to you about, Timothy, very quickly here, and this is not the sum total of everything, but I think four big reasons why a Timothy was a Timothy, why he was able to be sent by the Apostle Paul to do all the things that he did, including here at Thessalonica. The first thing, and Pastor alluded to this yesterday, a wonderful message uh, charged to uh, Christina and Alan who were getting married yesterday, and he alluded to this. I thought, man, he's seen my notes. But uh, uh, it, it's right along the same lines. Uh, there was a tremendously important influence of his mother and grandmother in his life. And as I thought about that, you know, we know that his father, the Bible says in Acts, his father was a Greek and kind of indicates uh, the way Luke presents that, that his father uh, wasn't, a, wasn't a believing uh, Christian man. So, so the influence of the gospel and the word of God fell primarily, especially in the early years, uh, upon uh, that mother and grandmother who obviously had a, had a major impact. Uh, you know, Paul uh, uh, talks about this over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, when it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and also 
and thy mother Eunice, I'm persuaded that in thee also. Now he's trying to cheer him up a little bit. Timothy was encountering at this point, uh, towards the end of Paul's uh, earthly ministry, um, Timothy's encountering some, some challenges to his, to his own leadership and, and ability to, to carry on, and he needed some words of encouragement. And this is what Paul has done. Paul is reminding him of the rich heritage. Uh, and, and I think what Paul was really saying to Timothy was, Timothy, I want you to think back to those early days, how your mom set you on her knee, and how your grandmother sat and talked to you and shared the gospel with you and loved you. Uh, the wonderful story of, of Peter and Peggy Lee Peggy's grandmother uh, and, and her, her grandparents uh, in another province far away from Hainan where we met them uh, had heard the gospel through missionaries and, and had come to faith in Christ. And it was in those early years of her life when she first began to hear the gospel. And then, and of course, uh, after going through the school system in China, all that kind of got washed out. And, and then she and Peter moved down to, to Haiko. What a providential thing that was that God brought them there. I think that's one of the reasons why God brought us there. Because God knows what He's doing. As you said, God's in control, Pastor. And and, 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 and so we met her at the, at the foreign language school, and some of our kids were actually teaching her. I didn't know her all that well, but the kids did. And, and eventually she started coming into her home, and she heard more of the gospel, and she made her decision for Christ. And then eventually Peter came back. He was a traveling businessman. He was all over the map. And he comes back, and he looks at me one day, and he says, something's happened to my wife, and I have no idea what it is. Can you please explain to me what's happened? And so we went up into my office, and, and, I, and, I, and I pulled out a Bible, and I said, all right, what's your questions? And he started asking me a bunch of business questions. And so we turned to the book of James and solved all of his business problems. And he started making a million dollars. Not really, but, 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 but he was one of the things I'll never forget Peter saying to me was uh, back in those early days before he had ever made a decision for Christ. He said, he said I can't believe the Bible actually says that. You know, there's a lot more in the Word of God than we give it credit for sometimes, you know. And, and eventually they get saved. But I'm, 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 I'm telling you, somebody brought the gospel to Peggy's grandparents. And one of the reasons why she's saved today, we had another guy there who's now pastoring Living Waters Baptist Church that the, the Lees would know, uh, 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 Pastor Bao, same Chinese surname as, as we have. And we led him to Christ. And and eventually he became the pastor of the church that was planted there. And he told me his story. He says, you know, 10 years before moving to Hainan province, uh, he was living in Xi'an, another great city in China. And, and uh, he was taking an English class and, and the foreign teacher gave him a Bible. And he says, I, I held that Bible for a long time. He says, I never really paid that much attention to it. But he said, when I moved to Hainan, and then he came to our city, and he worked in our foreign language school, uh, God began to, to move on his heart. And, and, and he began to borrow books from our little homeschool library and take them home and read them. And he came back one day, and he had written down on a piece of paper the Romans road plan of salvation and a sinner's prayer. And I'll never forget looking at Bob and saying, do you believe this, Bob? And he had a big grin on his face like he always has. And he said, yes. I'll never forget sitting there at our dining room table. And Trish was there. And one of our kids, Tim, I think it was, sat down there with us. And 
Bob poured out his heart to God, repenting of his sins and trusting Christ as Savior. It hasn't been an easy road, but uh, thank God that God sent a Paul to find that Timothy. Thank God for all the ways that God is at work behind the scenes. You're not going to hear this on Fox. You're not going to hear it, certainly not on any of the other channels. Uh, but but, but in, in the midst of all the negative things that we see going on in our world, God's still at work. And God is at work in this Paul-Timothy sense, sense, uh, sender and being sent relationship. And I, and I want you to be very much aware of that because as a church, you guys are privileged beyond measure. Uh, to, to be in a place to where the leadership gets this, they understand this, and, and they promote uh, the ministry in such a way that you have the opportunity to be either or or both. And I hope that you will take full advantage of that. So Timothy had the influence of godly mother and grandmother. One of the most important functions of parenting, let me just say, is, is that you disciple your children. Train up your child in the way that he should go. What else could that mean except in the way of Christ, pointing into the Lord Jesus Christ? And there's a lot of things that you can do for your children that may be helpful, but the one necessity is, is to introduce them to Jesus Christ. Now, you can't force it down their throat. Uh, only Christ can open their heart. Amen? And, and, and yet you can introduce them to Christ in such a way that not just with your words, but with your life, Christ becomes attractive to your children. If we do not train our children, the culture around us will. The second thing that I saw about Timothy, and this is so strategic, and this is really what we're doing tonight, it was the involvement of his local church back there in Leicester and Derby. In Acts chapter 16, verse 2, it tells us, which were well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Uh, Timothy's church had a vision for the field and a vision for sending field workers. Let me say that again. Timothy's church had a vision for the field and a vision for sending field workers. When Trish and I got saved back in Amarillo, Texas, got saved the same time back in 1973, and uh, we eventually found our way to a an independent Baptist church, Faith Baptist Church, that was, was a very vibrant, missions-minded local church. Uh, and just, it was electric to go into church for us as new believers. We felt like we were on a spiritual honeymoon while we were there. And one of the things that happened to us in those early days of church life when we knew so little of what it meant to even be a Christian, much less what do Christians do, you know? Why are you guys going to church every, every you know, Sunday morning and Sunday night and so on? And uh, that was a strange thing for us, but, but we observed and, and we began to notice, you know, they have visitation and, oh, they need the walls painted in the hallway and, and oh, there's a, there's a Sunday school class with kids who needs a teacher and, oh, there's an extra bus sitting over there. And so all of these things became uh, available to us and the church was always there and the brethren were always there. I'll never forget the first time I went out soul winning with a guy named Jody McCarthy. He was back in the day an LCB guy. 
uh, I forgot what they're called today, but that was Liquor Control Board. And he had a gun and all the nut stuff and he, you know, kicking doors down and things like that. And, and I went to, uh, on visitation with this guy, I felt very safe. And uh, some of the people we visited, I pro probably needed a gun with us, but uh, it was interesting. And, and so that involvement of a local church is so key, not only the, the influence of the, of the parents, but the involvement of a local church. A third thing that, that came to my mind about Timothy was his own personal growth in grace. And I refer to a couple of passages that Paul speaks very late in his life uh, as he's saying, really saying uh, goodbye to Timothy. But one of the things he says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 1, you, you know this verse very well, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I thought, what, what does that really mean to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? And I thought, I think he's, 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 he's trying to shore up for Timothy his identity. You know, we're, we have an identity issue today. It's, it, 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 it's, it seems like so many people don't, they don't know who they are, what they are. And they're, you know, they're identifying as this and they're, you know, you, you know it's, it's, it's so absurd almost that, but it's happening all around us and we, we hear of it and we see it sometimes. Um, people don't know who they are. Where do you find your identity? You find your identity in Jesus Christ. And when you know Him, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That pretty well summarizes everything, doesn't it? For me to live is, is Christ, to die is gain. Uh, uh, and, and, and so that, I think that's what he is really saying. Be strong in grace. And he goes on in that chapter and he says, uh, that, you know, teach others also. Find some faithful men and teach them. One, one of the ways that I feel that Timothy's uh, grow strong in grace is by sharing what they have learned with someone else. If you're not doing that, you need to start doing that. After all of these years, Trish and I are still doing that, and we find it encouraging. And it's a reminder to us that we need to keep growing. And, and it's a blessing to be able to help someone else grow in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be sitting here tonight and you may be thinking, yeah, there's not much I can do. And, and believe me, it's easy to find an excuse for saying no. It's easy to find an excuse. I know, I'm a master at it. Okay? But understand this, that there is a Timothy out there just waiting for you. And you need to look for them. I went to our pastor and I said, Pastor, I want to disciple somebody. And a few days later, he called, called me on the phone and he said, Jimmy from Haiti, go to it. Jimmy from Haiti? From Haiti? Are you kidding me? From Haiti? How did he get to Kettle Falls? I have no idea, but it's a long, beautiful story of, of God's providential leading in his life. And now I'm meeting with him every week, and we pray together, and we look at the Word of God together, and we talk about his future, and, and his, you know, he wants to get married, and, and all of this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just it's, it seems like a little thing in the great scheme of things, but it's not a little thing for that man. It's not going to be a little thing for the, for the girl he marries. Trish is discipling a lady that comes over to the house once a week. Uh, she's a nurse, young lady, 23 years old, had an alcohol problem. Just reaching out to one single individual. What a difference it can make. It may not change the world, 
You know, Xi Jinping may not pay any attention to it. Joe Biden may not know what you're doing, but God will. And that life will be changed because you took the time. When I was a new Christian, I got a job that uh, I had graduated from college. My first post-college degree job was working as a night stalker in a Safeway store. I was, uh, you know, I was impressing the world. I was moving up. But God had a, had a purpose in giving me that job because there was a man there whose name was Bill Sissel. Bill attended another local independent Baptist church in our city. I had known Bill before I got saved. He worked for Safeway for years and years. And I didn't like him because he was so spiritual. He was always religious, you know, one of these religious fanatics, you know, trying to tell, tell me I needed Jesus and stuff. And, and of course, I didn't want to hear about that. But then when I got saved, I went to work with Bill Sissel at night, 10 o'clock every night. And uh, we would work all night stalking beans and pork and beans and, you know, beanie weenies, whatever it was. And, and all night long, eight-hour shifts, five days a week. And all night long, I was asking Bill Sissel this question and that question about the Bible. And at, at our mealtime at 2 o'clock in the morning, we'd go up into the manager's little loft there and would sit there and would, and in fact, Bill gave me my first King James Bible, and we would sit there and we would read the, the Bible together, and I would ask him questions. Oh, I tell you, if it hadn't been for Bill Sissel, I wouldn't be here tonight. There's no question in my mind. His, 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 his impact on my life was that influential. He, he invited me to his little church plant. It was a, it was a kind of a, it was a church plant. Uh, and just a handful of people at their first missions conference. They had a, a missionary from Korea named George Patrick, an old veteran missionary, uh, as old as I am now. And, and uh, he was, he was uh, towards the end of his ministry, but he was preaching. And at the invitation, Trish and I got up and walked forward. And he looked at us and he says, uh, why, why have you come? And we said, we believe God wants us to be missionaries. There's no question in my mind that we would have never made that decision had it not been for the influence and impact of a Bill Sissel in my life. My wife was serious about the Lord, but I wasn't serious until Bill showed me why I needed to get serious about Jesus. And I'm just so thankful for that. So your involvement in a local church tonight is more strategic than you can possibly imagine. And I just want to encourage you, because our time's almost up, but I want to encourage you, if you're not involved in someone else's life, get involved. And never use the excuse, I can't, or I don't know how, I don't know what to do. Pastor will show you what to do. In fact, um, you probably don't even have to do what he shows you to do. Just be who you are and tell them about Jesus. Tell them everything you know about Jesus. And here's what will happen. When you tell others about Jesus, you're going to learn more about Jesus. It's going to change your life probably as much as it'll change the life of that person that you're seeking to help. So, so please do that. Personal growth in grace. And then number four, strong mentoring by Paul and others. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 15 and 16, you know it well. Paul said, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. One of the reasons why I believe that God brought us back to America when he did, and we don't know all the reasons, perhaps we never will. But when we got back and Anna and Tom called us from Arizona, and we mentioned this, I think, back in October at the missions conference, but... I'll say it again. Some of you probably weren't there. Um, they called us and said, you know, we ought to start a camp. And uh, we, Trish and I kind of looked at each other and 
But it sort of resonated for some reason. It was just one of those crazy, crazy moments that you sometimes have. It doesn't always happen that way, but that particular day it seemed to. One thing led to another, and there we were up in Kettle Falls on this 40 acres of property. And, and again, thank you, church, for all that you've done for us. And uh, as we have struggled to try to figure out how can we open our doors to international students because things are still kind of tight in many places. I was talking to uh, Danny Thomas just yesterday at the wedding, and he was talking about how difficult it is for the students, even from Vietnam, to, uh, to come over here to study because our government is not issuing visas for them. And I think the Chinese students uh, are probably in the same category. So we're trusting, and we ask you to please pray with us about that because we, we feel like that's one of the important ministries that there are reasons why God brought us back here to Washington and, and Hedgemakers International. But in the meantime, because Anna and Tom, when they lived here in California, adopted four children through foster care and uh, moving up there to uh, that area of Washington, she began to meet people that are involved in foster care. And she heard about this organization that was looking for someone to take over the leadership of this organization, uh, Royal Kids Camp or something. And and uh, they needed someone and nobody wanted to do it. And, and so the, the, the camp for these foster kids in our county was going to close down. And Anna said, I'll do it. Anna's always been that way, and gets the rest of us in big trouble. But uh, what a thrill it's been to, to see what God did, just taking, taking a, one little step of faith and then taking another step of faith. And, and in this case, Trish and I are, you know, we're grandparents now, so we just sort of stand back and we walk a little bit slower. And we let the kids walk before us and make some of those big decisions now. And that's okay to do, you know. Pastor talks about seasons. We're in, we know what our season is. It's a good season. But it's a different season from what it used to be. And, and so we're watching Anna and Tom as they, as they move forward step by step with this, with this ministry to the children. And we don't even know at this point where it's all going to lead and, and how, how, how influential and important it may be. But one thing is for sure, there's some kids that came to that first camp. Their lives were transformed. Their lives were touched and changed, hopefully forever, uh, because, because someone cared, because someone came alongside of them. Paul said, Timothy... From a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures that are able to make you wise into salvation. Out of all the things that you can teach your children, make sure you teach them what the Scriptures say about salvation. Don't, don't ever miss an opportunity. I can't tell you, as our children grew up in Hong Kong first and then later in mainland China, how, how challenging it was to consistently put the Word of God into the heads and hearts of each one of our children. They were not always uh, excited about that. We used to get them up at 6 o'clock in the morning to Al, Al Smith singing, It is morning, it is morning in my soul. Oh, they hated that song. <laughs> From a child that's known the Holy Scriptures. Liberty Baptist Church is what I call a good soil church. I'm not here bragging on you because you've got a lot more work to do than you can possibly imagine. But you're a good soil church. We, we have a little garden up there and on the property, and I've never done a garden in my whole life. I used to watch my grandparents do gardens, you know, back in the 50s. 
And I hated it then, and I thought I'd hate it now. But you know, I've learned a lot about digging your hands into that good dirt that nobody has been using. It's just been sitting there. And when you, when you plow it up, and you pull the weeds out of it, and you plant the seed, and you water the seed, suddenly you, you, you start getting these vegetables called tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and onions and stuff and man and raspberries and 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 you stick one of those fresh raspberries in your mouth and it's oh my goodness that's so good this is amazing liberty baptist church is just like that you're good soil soil that's been prepared over many many years by paul's like pastor tomlinson pastor thompson that are that are that that, that understand what's at stake and that, 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 that have a vision that can only be fulfilled when the Timothys stand up. And I'm not talking here about the, the male gender Timothys. I'm you, ladies, you're just as much a part of this as the next person. In fact, in many cases, probably more so. But please understand, we need senders and we need those who are sent. As senders, we have a great obligation to send those who are sent. We have a great opposition that we must face because as time goes on, we already know this, don't have to go into many details. We're facing more and more opposition to, to, the, to, to the things that we have grown so accustomed to and had so much freedom to do without anybody questioning or challenging us. Those days are rapidly coming to a close. All you have to do is look across the oceans in many different places, whether it's in Myanmar, Burma, mainland China, even Hong Kong. Can you imagine? In Hong Kong, once such a, an amazing, vibrant city where gospel uh, planting was going on freely, with, even with the support and help of, of the local government, now things have changed so dramatically that by the tens of thousands, Hong Kong people are voting with their feet and leaving uh, that city for other places. We're going to have one of those refugees, I was telling Pastor, one of those, ref, we're calling them refugees from, from Hong Kong, staying with us for a couple of months. Uh, Pastor uh, Wong, who and he and his family that were in Hong Kong for many years, that actually we led him to Christ as a, as a kid. And, and, uh, but he's uh, going to be going up to uh, British Columbia to plant a church up there in a few months. So please pray for that family. I want to close tonight with kind of a, a personal story. I, I'm not going to be able to finish all of this stuff, but uh, I, I simply want to say to you tonight, never, never forget these two key thoughts. Uh, we need senders, and we need those who are sent. And as a local church, you and I have the great opportunity of this church and every other local church like you that believes what the Word of God says, that have embraced the Great Commission and said, uh, this is who we are, this is what we do. Uh, we have such a great opportunity, but you've got to take advantage of that. My, my, my first awareness, and I'll close with this, my first awareness to all of this uh, came while attending a local church there in Amarillo, Texas hearing a missionary for the very first time in my life named Jim Berryhill. Trish and I were sitting there, brand new Christians, exploded my worldview. And I realized at that time how actively engaged God is in the world around me. I did not know that. 
I did not know that. I grew up in the modern education system of, of, of my time in the 70s. I did not know that. I did not know that there was a God who was out in the faraway places at the ends of the earth, reaching people that nobody else knew existed. And yet God was able to take someone out of a local church like our church and send them to places like that to preach the Word of God, to see local churches established, and then those villagers and natives carried on that work and took the gospel to other places as well. You know, those, those two missionaries are still at it, Pastor. Still at it. Still making more Timothys. Don't you want to be involved in that? Let me close with just this one simple little thought. We're all going to die. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? But we are, aren't we? I, you know, we're waiting for the rapture, and that could well happen. But same thing, we're going to be gone. And our time on this earth is going to be over. But we do have an opportunity between now and then to make a difference. And the really important question for me, and I hope it is for you as well, is that and really the only question is, what am I going to take with me? when I go. I'm not going to take my crypto. It's not worth much anyway. I'm not going to take a house. I'm not going to take a car. I'm not going to take stocks and bonds or bank accounts or gold or silver or precious stones. There's only one thing I can take with me, and it's a Timothy, to send and be sent. May God help us to say, God, I want to be a part of that. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.